Greetings! Welcome back to the solo podcast Anime One at a Time, where I take a pause for the series I'm watching among the hustle and bustle of the shiny new anime of today, also exploring the undervalued and unknown. I'm the host, Lita, and this is episode 22, and it's June! <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help but make those rhyme because, ironically, as of recording this, it is the 1st of June, which I don't think I've ever recorded on the actual beginning of a month, but here we are. Um, I'm surprised I'm here at all recording this, even though it was just a few days ago. I released the May episode, uh, which was number 21, where I did talk about a seasonal show called uh, Sugar Fairy... Sugar Fairy... Sorry, no, Sugar Apple Fairy Tale. I always mess up the title of that anime. <laughs> always. Um, so yeah, that was from the winter 2023 season. Um, so you can listen to that if you did not listen to the previous episode. And uh, before, obviously, we get into the main event, the series I will be talking about, which is related to, you know, I've been on a real nostalgia trip recently. Um, like I've been watching, I'll say like re-watching a lot of favourites, but I've certainly been more towards watching a lot of older series at the moment. I meet recently mentioned I've been watching like Fancy Lala, uh, which has been on and off. I will talk about that show on here, most definitely, but it's, you know, it's like 26 episodes. I'm not the age of 15 to 17 anymore where, like, you could binge the crap out of those shows, no problem, like, probably in, like, two within two nights. Um, yeah, no, it takes a, it takes a while because I watch Fancy Lala in, like, single sessions. I'm trying to think what else there is. Oh, yes, I think I mentioned last podcast I was watching a series from 2006, I think, which is called uh, Moribito, Guardian of the Spirit. Um... That's an older one, Samurai. That's really good. And um, I started re-watching Metal Panic. Uh, I've been re-watching that while I've been cooking dinner recently. So again, Metal Panic is definitely one I am aiming to talk about. Again, that is a big favourite. <laughs> I feel like, where would I start with that one? And... You know, it got me thinking from last episode. I'm like, hmm, I should cover something, you know, a bit older. Where it's, you know, that sort of talk is like my jam, it is. And I realised I haven't really talked about a, a like a, an old series, but like a real big favourite one, which, you know, the first of ones I did, which I was talking about from Kimi ni Todake, uh, from Me to You. Um, that, that, that podcast, I'm very nervous you can hear it, me chittering, chattering, my teeth, uh, me saying, oh, how can I talk about a favourite, blah, blah, blah. I say that too much. But I'm glad I did that episode. Fine, I, that definitely got me out of my stupid rut of where, like, oh, I wanted to talk about these shows, but the, the writing or the speaking just hasn't happened. And ever since then, I've definitely have the drive now to talk about others, which we will be talking about in this episode of 22. And hope I'm not going to go on anymore about random ramble. 
which I usually do at the beginning. But again, there's another update I've been keeping up with the seasonal shows. I am very close to wanting to start, you know, Demon Slayer season, season two. I don't think this is season two, season three. Oh no, I'm lost already with it. Um, Haven't continued uh, the next core of Mercury, which from Mercury Gundam, oh man, deep stuff is happening in that. And there is a, why is Raphael in this mansion? It's like a show, it's like a, I say it's a shoujo thriller something. I don't know too much about it. That's been on my list. Um, I'd say those are the three that I've put off complete wanting to start or complete at the moment. I kind of, I guess I'm going to end up waiting until like the end of the season to like continue those shows or even start those shows. Oh man, as always, too much to fucking watch. <laughs> But I know I'm not alone in that. So, 22. We are going to be talking about a series I have watched over and over. I'd say between 13 to 15 times at least over the years. And it's definitely been over a decade since I've loved this show. Um, but obviously, keep in mind, a lot of... The, you know, these these kind of shows I'm going to mention. Obviously, I never watched when I it first came out. When I end up saying what year this anime came out. Um, you know, a lot of these shows I was exposed to when I was, you know, around 15 to 17. When I moved to Australia, I met my old best friend. And he's the reason I've been introduced to a lot of these shows that I'm talking about. Um, from this particular... Um, era of anime which is the 2000s to 2010 in particular so any show i talk about within that time frame you'll know you'll go like oh yes that's right a lot of these shows lita did not watch when it first came out because <laughs> obviously i got into anime like i said around 15 17 binge like you know ones like inuyasha um full metal panic um, Sailor Moon, all those ones. It wasn't. It didn't happen until later in life for me. So there's probably some, obviously, that happened. They watched it when it first came out, but yeah, mine was like later, later. So this series is very close to my heart. This one, particularly, you know, Magical Girl. You know, it's a big fave for a lot of people genre, and this is one of my favorite Magical Girl uh, anime. This is one of my favorite. And um, I, I like to think, saying for it's, is it well known? Well, yes and no. I've definitely met people still now that would have, have never even heard of this anime. And there are ones that have heard of it, you know, the little, it's got a little fan club. It does this show. So this series came out in 2001. It's like, whoa, it's going, that's definitely going back. It is. And it's 13 episodes. It's by... It was animated by Hal Filmmaker, which you'll know has done series like Aria, you know, uh, which I talked about in a previous episode. Like Aria the Animation, Kaleidostar, this alien series called Dears S. Fun fact, was, that series was my very first manga I ever read. A fun fact. And this series is a manga adaptation 
And the manga adaptation of this, this the manga for this series was only like four volumes. That's it. And uh, there's a, there's only so to find it now is a very big rarity. So to anyone who owns the manga of this series, keep keep that shit on you, like because you know that's it. Yeah, that's an old anime to me. And uh, I think I'd said it's thirteen episodes. Can't remember. But it's thirteen episodes. <laughs> And definitely I put it in the category of reverse harem, romance, and magical girl. And that show is called Pre-Tear with the addition of the snow, oh, snow white Pre-Tear. Well, but everybody just knows it as just Pre-Tear. And, um, ah, I'm very, very excited talking about this. You can just hear me like going, ah, excited. Um, before I get into the plot... Um, my introduction to pre-tier was again, my old best friend at the time. And, um, you know, us, every time I stayed, would stay over our house, we'd just be flicking the disc in of what the next show would be. And I would put pre-tier as one of the first 15 I ever watched because when I, you know, when I, where I previously lived in the UK, you know, all I grew up with was like, you know, Dragon Ball Z, the odd Sailor Moon episode, Yu-Gi-Oh, Beyblade. That was my little anime world there. And, um, and, you know, didn't expand until I moved countries and found out there's so much more than I thought there was. So Preeti was one of, among one of those, which, you know, made me change my mind or start to change my mind about the magical girl genre. So, uh, yeah, Preeti was, um, is still very near and dear to me, it is. And I'm glad we're going to finally talk about it. So, Preeti is about a girl named Hamino and her father, Karu, who are kind of, well, poor. Um... Himino's dad was a former writer, famous romance novelist, and um, he uh, when they lost when he lost his wife, you know, Himino's previous mum, you know, just started drinking, just started drinking a lot, and and um, then he gets remarried to a very rich, well-off family, which are the uh, Aoyuki family. And um, his new wife is named Natsue. She's got like, she's her hairstyle is like Marge from The Simpsons. Def- <laughs> That's the first thing you'll think of when you see her. Obviously, so this is a big transition for Hermino in you know, you know, being with a new family, fitting in. Don't we all know that the ripe age she is at? I'm pretty sure in this series. They don't say exactly how old Hermino is. I'm sure she's like 15, 16. Yeah, I'd say 16. And so, you know, she's kind of all optimistic and excited. And um, things obviously don't pan out that well for her. Obviously, in the beginning, she has her two steps, her two stepsisters, which is uh, Moata and Mayune. Mayune, you know, is a stuck-up snob. And then Moata's kind of this super genius girl who um kind of likes to keep to herself and um i don't think hermino really gets makes any head tails uh 
with her two sisters or her mother. But, you know, um, her dad is very happy. Um, the way that it was very unexpected how uh, lovey-dovey knew her new, you know, mother is um, Natsue. Yeah, Karu's dad and uh, his new wife, Natsue. How much they love each other is kind of hilarious. It is, but... So, yeah, we got Himino, who's having a tough time fitting in with a new family and all that. And then, and then obviously, her world is kind of turned around when she meets the Lethay Knights. <laughs> I know, like... What a name! I, that's what I first thought when getting into this series. I'm like, Leafy Knights, really? Um, Leafy Knights are in the search of the one called the Pre-Tier, who will save the entire universe world from their enemy of the Leafy Knights, which is known as the Princess of Disaster. And, um, and also her demon larvae that absorb all the Leafy. Which Lefe means essence of life. So basically anything living. Oh, it sounds such a riveting, exciting plot, doesn't it? And um, first she is approached by... I'm trying to think. God, who was it? I think it was Sasame, one of the knights. And um, tries to approach Amino. And of course she's very reluctant in the beginning. She's like, this is crazy, you know. Um, I'm not getting involved in this. And then... Somewhere along the way, obviously, she gets uh, roped into becoming the pre-tier to help them out, really. Hermino is not dedicated to the role at the beginning. Definitely not. Takes her a while to feel like what is happening to her, you know. She will take on the weight of responsibility. It takes Hermino a while to accept that. But yes, so she has to learn to become fit in a new family, in a new surroundings, and take on this responsibility of being the pre-tier. But Hermino, I remember, had a choice to walk away. And she didn't. She just, you know, Hermino has that, you know, kind, caring personality. All round, she's a great character, which I'll go into in a minute. But she just, you know, like, reminds me of me, who just, you know, I can't help but want to help that person. And, um... Yeah, so that is the plot for pre-tier. And uh, it doesn't sound, I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like much. You know, it sounds like your typical magical girl setup, you know. Someone's given powers and um, they have to, well, so save or necessarily save the world. But, you know, save people, was involved saving people and needing like a double life. Um, that's what I assumed about pre-tier, but... Um, the series ended up, honestly, uh, proving me wrong a little bit, it did, uh, which I will go into detail in a second. Now, I would say pre-tier as a whole first is not nothing like the ones out there called Pre-Cure and um, Saint's Tale, which is an old one, uh, Wedding Peach, still one I never talked about, that's about girls who transform into these heroes in the, uh, to do with wedding dresses. That's a, that's a doozy. Maybe I'll talk about that on the podcast sometime that, that I never finish. Um, <laughs> but I do want to finish. Pretty doesn't ride on the wave of that, you know, happy, trippy dopamine, and, you know, 
like also like Sailor Moon, you know, all the scenes, the long transformation scenes and we're going to beat the baddie and that's it. Everybody goes home and it's all sparkles and magical. Um, You know, I, I've learned, if there's anything I've learned within the magical girl genre, all of them are definitely not like that. I'd say more obviously than the older series are like that. Uh, more, you know, riding on the happy dopamine ride, whereas we've got things like Modoko Magica, and then there was one called Gram Belem, which I never finished. But you know, they they play a more dark horse kind of feel. They're like the flip coin of the magical girl uh, genre. They're the dark side. Now I wouldn't say Preeti is like the dark side, but Preeti definitely it's well, their one theme it rides on. Um, really kind of speaks to you. And, you know, wanted to be real with what was, like, going on. And it was a relatable pattern within its characters as well. But we will go into that in a minute. But I just wanted to say that I feel like Preteer is definitely not like the rest of them. I'd say, like, you know, as a recommendation, I know this is, like, mid, you're in the middle, you're in the middle of this episode, but... I'd say if you're going to watch anything after pre-tier, we definitely wouldn't be Princess Tutu. I feel like Princess Tutu is a fantastic combination, even though it's like more like fairy tales, storytelling kind of series. Um, it play, it does such a fantastic job at like the flip coin of the, you know, the, the light and the dark side of things with its story. It's a fantastic series, Magical Girl series. Um, that is one I would definitely recommend if you watch pre-tier and you want something to fill the void after. I definitely would recommend pre Princess Tutu. But that's, again, that's what I feel like pre-tier is. We've got this light and dark side. Um, even though pre-tier was not perfect in a few aspects, let's just say, <laughs> but what with you know, what kind of show is. But, so... We can go into the characters because I feel like the characters really do bring this show kind of alive, like the main cast, really. Which is obviously Hamino, we are female protagonists. I love Hamino. Hamino is a vibe. She is like this, she's just this electricity that runs through you. <laughs> she is like, she is kind of like life of the party, even though sometimes, like, you know. She might put it on that she's okay, but um, most of the time she will, you know, like to be there for others and, you know, she is kind and caring and really wears a heart and a sleeve she does, really. She was a really, really good female protagonist for this story and um, how she builds herself up towards the end with all the warmth and encouragement that she ends up growing along with you know her new self really she gains like a new self and Amino's just um it just makes you laugh she does um I just love her I really do um I mean I loved her that much I even I even you know I like drawing like anime heads when I was younger I still do like anime faces and she was one of the first I drew I think it was her hair. I found her hairstyle interesting. I did. I know. Guess that. <laughs> Does that make me a weirdo? Um, but yeah, Hamino is just such a vibe for this um, magical girl series. 
and just how she takes everything on and I love she's she's got equally a really fun warmth to her but at the same time she's got this real feisty side and one of the best characters that brings that out is Hayate he is known as the knight of the wind uh which you know he does not accept Hermino and obviously he's best boy for this show mm-hmm um I think for me, he became best boy instantly because we had the blue hair. He has blue hair. So, and I love blue. Uh, Hayate is a very much a stick in the mud. He's a, he's a fucking asshole. <laughs> when, like, Hermino comes into the mix here and Hayate does not accept Hermino in the beginning as the pre-tier or believes that she can fulfill the role as the pre-tier. Because obviously she's just filling in the role because you know, at the beginning, they're in the re- they're in the retrospect of, oh, okay, well, you're just going to fill in um, until we find, like, the pre-tier who we're looking for. Obviously, you know, the pre-tier is kind of right in front of them, which, you know, is kind of obvious in the story. But, yeah, Hayate is very defensive with Hermino. She treats her like crap, really. Um, obviously, obviously, we know over time why boys... We'll tease you to death. Because obviously, you know, <laughs> that's not obvious that, you know, he ends up having feelings for her. Uh, but, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a few nice men in these leaf, in this leaf a night group. So who knows? Could not be Hayate. But yeah, Hayate and Hemino's um, conflicts they have is pretty hilarious. As is the whole entire cast of this show, actually. I was not expecting the level of humour that this uh, anime consisted of, especially for a magical girl. Um, It really is funny. There's especially this episode where it's focused at um, at, uh, Hemino's home. And um, this is a bit... I watched this show... I watched Pre-Tid just not that long ago. But they're searching... Yeah, no, that's right. Hermino and the leafy nuts are searching for a larvae and um, at Hermino's house. And just go on this m- maddening search. And also, at the same time, the family, Hermino's family's doing something. And, yeah, it was just the level of humour in that is is probably the, it's at its, like, real at its peak. So freaking funny, that episode. Especially Mr. Tanaka, Mr. Baldy, who's the butler of the, um, of the house. Uh, yeah, he, oh dear, I just, you just feel sorry for him the whole time, you know, he really does his best, but he also has a crush on, uh, Natsu, Natsue, uh, you know, which is Karu's, you know, wife, um, which is Hamino's dad, so Mr. Tanaka has, has secretly harbors a crush, again, you know, Natsue for so long, even though she's just remarried, um, <laughs> yeah no Mr. Tanaka never wins and um I love um who else bring who else brings a vibe to this but the humor oh Mayune which is uh Himino's new sister Mayune who's the typical snob um <laughs> oh she'll just do any she'll do anything to spite um Himino and that is yeah that's pretty hilarious um I would definitely say the humor comes from the family all of the family. Yeah, definitely. So I just, yeah, 
anytime the whole family comes on, it's it's it just yeah. Uh, my lungs are my lungs have a hard time catching up. They do, or if it's Hamina and Hayate having a bit of, of a little tiff. Um. So yeah, I was not expecting for this series to have such a yeah humorous vibe. Um, and I think the also the English dub does it as well. Like you know, Hibino is played by Lucy Christian, who is one of my favorite female. Uh, English dub voice actors who does Kaname from Full Metal Panic so she really really livens Hibino's personality up so listening to this in dub is a special treat it is um I really do love the dub of this more than the sub personally I do and I think obviously that comes from you know I watched this in the dub when I first saw this series so yes obviously those kind of things really do stick with you so yeah, um, humor is actually really good um, in this magical girl show. You know, gets us away a bit from the, you know, not to say heavy, but yeah, there's there's a bit of moderate doom and gloom in this, which I feel like is the nearly right time to go into the themes of the show. But just talking about the other characters, the other Leafy Knights, we have Sasame. Now he is the Knight of Sound. He. He is, oh, so, yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of gorgeous, you know. He, um, oh, he's very, he's not really a flirt. He's the quiet one of the group. Very quiet. And, uh, he'll definitely surprise you. Then we have Kay, the Knight of Light. Kay is the more practical one in the group. Um, well, I call him pretty. I guess so. Pretty is in like, I'd say flamboyant. Um, and then we get to the little kids because not everybody's an adult here. I'd say there's there's only four adults in this group because Go, Go is the Knight of Fire. Um, he's kind of goes kind of naive, a naive is a naive boy. He's pretty much like a child, really. Even though he's like, you know, he looks 16, 15. But he's fun. Then we have Manon, Knight of Ice. Hadajima, Knight of Water. And Shin, who's the youngest member. Knight of Plants. They're the babies of the group. They're so cute. They're just so cute. They really are. Now, one interesting thing, like, it's like, oh, so how does Hamino turn into known as the pre-tier? So... Um, obviously she becomes one with the knights. I really do like the transformation sequence when she transforms with one of the knights. You know, they hold hands or she kind of holds the chest and then there's sparkles and, you know, we get to see her transform into majority of, um, the different transformations when she does with the, uh, with the knights, but not all of them. You don't actually get to see all of them. I'd say the only ones you don't see, I'd say, is Go. Does anyone say Go? Is Shin and Goes? I don't think she actually transforms with them in the actual show. It's only the all the others. Because I like all the outfits. And that, I guess that's one of, one of my downsides for this show, is that we don't get to see Himino transform into all of, yeah, all of the outfits. 
I was like, come on, there's not that many knights there. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven. So we get like five out of seven transformations. I'm like, boom. Even though this is like a 13 episode series, you know, there's enough time to transform into all of them. So yeah, I remember I had to Google what the other transformations look like. And I'm like, ah, just, yeah. I thought that kind of sucked, but you know, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, no, she, yeah, kind of, yeah, becomes one with them and, you know, she can hear the kind of, yeah, you know, the, you know, the, the saying when you become one with something and they're kind of, you know, they're in, yeah, they're inside her. She can hear them talking ahead and all that. So, but yeah, um, I like the transformation scene and all that. I think it's like, some you know, it's not like Sailor Moon where it's like oh my god yes just drag out a little bit more I don't feel like that but um although there's probably one scene between two with Himino and her knight I'm gonna say who I would like that to drag out just all the time <laughs> just keep dragging out that can uh yeah because it's a uh, one particular scene where it's like mm, yes yes every now we're definitely feeling one <laughs> we are but anyway. Uh, you can find that out if you decide to watch this show. Am I doing this show justice? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yes, so main cast is fantastic after that huge ramble. Now, going on to, I guess we can go into the main, th- yeah, the theme that I was talking about before that every character has a relation to, which is loneliness. Um, it seems the show, this is kind of like the dark side of the show, the dark theme, which is, yeah, every character goes through some sort of loneliness. They do their own kind of lonely feeling. And this really is uh, brought to your attention at some point during the anime. I'm not going to say when, but it is definitely brought to your attention because each of these characters are dealing with their own form of loneliness. One could be lonely of try of trying, which I'll say is Himino. I can use Himino as a good as you know as an example here. You know, Himino, you know, is just feeling at the end of it lost and lonely from trying. Because yeah, you can feel lonely just doesn't mean you know you're all on your own. No one will help you. I believe there's like different forms of lonely. There is. There's like lonely of missing someone. Lonely of not being able to feel like you're doing anything right. Um, Maybe lonely, yes, you feel like you're the only one trying right now. Like, yeah, there's just, there is just different forms. I feel like pre-tier really shows and drives on that, you know, Everybody is dealing with some sort of lonely. And the the thing the main the main core of that is to do with the Lee Fei Knights' enemy, which is the Princess of Disaster. What a grand name the <laughs> Sorry. I always laugh when I say it like just out loud. The Princess of Disaster. I mean that's just how it's said in the anime. It's just so funny. Makes it sound like this really yes terrible gigantic thing but at the end of the day I, uh, what I say it is not no no not really no but anyway um 
all I'll say is the princess of disaster, obviously, yes. Um, she is a bit of a twisted piece of work, we'll say. Um, she really is cold and calculating and really drives uh, Himino into a, uh, yeah, corner, we'll say. But yeah, no, uh, dealing with the Prince of Disaster, it was uh, not going to, not going to be a walk in the park. And, um, and not, and not in terms of trying to beat her, but in terms of like emotional damage is all I'll say. Because I really don't want to spoil it for anyone who's not seen uh, Pre-Tear. But yeah, um, the core of the lonely theme is definitely to do with the Princess of Disaster, but also the series focusing on, you know, the individual loneliness that each character is dealing with and, um, you know, how it can, you know, send you into the pits of hell. Um, but also, like, uh, one other theme is to do with lonely, you know, you just want somebody, you know, you want somebody to make you feel loved. Those who want to feel loved, those who want to feel belonging, um... That's another kind of big lonely theme in it. So yeah, you kind of get the drift of what I'm saying about the what I feel what I feel the main message of this series was and kind of underneath everything else. And um I feel like that's what made Pretty really stand out for me among the among the rest of the magical girl I had seen back then. Even now, with the current magical girls that we have existing. Um, I still feel like it does stand out even now. Um, it would just, it would at least show, you know, this is where kind of the, you know, where the stem of, you know, there is, there is a different side to the magical girl. It's not all arty farty and (laughs) sparkles and all that. Um, I would say one of my actual first exposures before pre-tier, um, Was a, was a series called The Magical Girl, um, Lil, oh, well, God, I just can't, I actually can't remember the, I actually can't remember the bloody name of it. Yeah, Magical Girl Lyrica, it's called. And, um, God, I saw it so, I saw it so long ago I did. Yeah, it was definitely one of my first exposures. And I believe that there was definitely a theme in that Magical Girl that, was uh, not really a current thing at the time, I remember. And I, yes, now I remember. It was called Magical Girl Lyrica Naho, which has, like, a few a few sequels, uh, like, after the original, which came out in 2004. I'd say that, yeah, definitely was my first exposure to, like, seeing, you know, the dark side of Magical Girl. So, yes, when you go into this series, that... Pre-tier. That's what you're going to notice first thing that, you know, pre-tier really does, you know, ride on the emotion, emotion, psychological factor with its characters. Like I said, especially towards um, the end. But yes, that is one of the main things I love about the show besides the fact, you know, I really do love it for all like the characters as well. And um, it, how it's just, it is such a warming show at the same time. Um, I, I just, yeah, it, even though, you know, there's all this 
moderate doom and gloom. I say moderate. When I say it's heavy, uh, not 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 really. Like I'm gonna be traumatized. Mo- moderate to me is like, oh, this is still okay. This is a this is a bit to take in, but like, hey, I can handle this. That's how I that's how I range my level of you know emotion levels from an anime. So moderate. Uh, anything minor, minor's like, eh, we can take this, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that's one of the main reasons I like pre-tier. Um, to comment on anything else to do with it, like animation-wise, I'd still say it holds up pretty well. Um, every, the, the, like, the, the colours and that in the series are, you know, they're pretty bright, it's a pretty colourful show. And, uh, you know, all the Leafy Knights represent different colours, they do. So, you know, I feel like Magical Girls can't exist without the bright sparkle and colourfulness. I believe it's a a necessary uh, element to have in these types of shows. That's just my opinion anyway. Um, I'm not saying a show needs all this pretty animation to make a point. But I feel for pre-tier, it needs that prettiness uh to at least outweigh some of the moderate emotional themes that it has going on it does and a lot of the like you know you know themes that go on you know that the what also happens with these characters is you know as with anything very quite relatable and especially the actions of you know certain characters as well um so, yeah, that's. I guess that's all I have to say on that. I could go on and on, on and on and on about that theme. But yeah, just really stands out. Now, one interesting thing to do with this show, there's a couple of things. Let's say they're interesting, but... So this was directed uh, by Jun Joey, Jun Jichi Saito, which who's known for doing the animation, or this, like the director, head director for like Aria which is a series I talked about in a few episodes ago, two or three episodes ago. Aria the Animation, that slice of life with that legacy. And also he's worked on other ones like Princess Tutu and Sailor Moon. So this guy's definitely got a massive thing for Magical Girl shows. So one of the things that he was trying what wanted to try and achieve with the show was reference Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs with Hermino being Snow White and the pre-tier theme. And because the ultimate pre-tier is supposed to be like white. And I was like, okay. I, I never picked up back then that, that was supposed to reference for Snow White. And the do- the dwarves are referenced through the Leafy Knights. And I'm like, I'm not seeing this. I'm not seeing the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs bloody reference. I'm like, I'm sorry. That is just non-existent. Don't agree. <laughs> I just, I just don't. So, you know, if you, yeah, I'm just pointing this out to save you all from just being like, um, why is this show trying to reference itself to a uh, Disney fairy tale when it's not really there yeah i'm not sure what the intention was there because uh the director of this had a kind of goal to you know end up you know making this snow white with a 
and the seven dwarfs. But then he just ends up focusing on Hermino, that she is, you know, this power woman in the end, a strong female kind of direction. So, yeah, that didn't, that kind of thing didn't really work. <laughs> it did not work at all. But um, in terms of anything else I, sh- I can say about the show, I guess that I just really, really love it. Uh, I think Preetier is, as I said, it's one I've come back to many times over the years. Um, I always end up crying when we get to certain parts of this anime. But it's so relatable. Oh, and also, in terms of like, you know, now I said this was a reverse harem. Um, not like your reverse harem, you know, like, you know, we're talking like, you know, Yoni of the Dawn and all that. No, not along the lines of that, but, you know, something happens and it's pretty satisfying. It is. So that's, that's, that's probably, that's another reason you should watch pre-tier. So romance side of things. Mmm. There's, there's some spice. There's some tea. And then there's some satisfaction, the sugar. So you got the sugar, the spice, and the tea all in one with the romance. If you get my drift with that. So yeah, uh, that's a pretty satisfying thing. You know, obviously, if the romance side of things is satisfying, then obviously I wouldn't hesitate to recommend to fellow romance uh, anime fans if you are such one. But overall, uh, Pre-Tier is just a show I can come to where I feel like somebody is giving me, like, a hug. I really, a show full of a lot of warmth and that warmth doesn't come through until a certain point in the show which obviously I ain't gonna spoil but you'll feel it you will and it's just so cute it is <sighs> so satisfying I, I really can't find the words it's indulging as well but yeah pre-tier is like this warm hug at the end of the day when you've had a hard day that's kind of what this anime is to me. And yeah, it is full of a lot of warmth, full of heart. And, you know, it does its own thing on the, the light side and the dark side of like the magical girl genre. And just because it's from 2001 doesn't mean I feel it doesn't live up to the now. Because yeah, you should, you guys should totally watch it. So you can watch pre-tier on definitely Crunchyroll because Crunchyroll just added it. Let me think. Must have been two. Must have been. Must have been two. Two or three weeks ago. Because I was kind of jumping for joy because I like to browse through Crunchyroll's list and see what they've recently added. Because obviously, as you know, they are gradually adding all the series that they have from the old of uh, Resting Peace Funimation app. And um. Yeah, I was super excited, and it's the English dub as well. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so Crunchyroll, and obviously the Funimation app, if you still actually pay for that bloody thing, um, <laughs> it's on there. But yeah, I'm glad it's on Crunchyroll. And hey, if you can, if you, you know, if you can get your hands on this series, trying to find it, like, on eBay and stuff, oh, that would be a thrill, if only I had to even go search for it, because... I remembered pretty much after I saw this show, I went and bought it. So I've got the box set 
of it, the original box set from Mad Men Australia. Sorry, it's not called Mad Men now. It's called at Crunchyroll Store AU. Sorry, that's what it's called now. But yeah, I'm so happy to own this series and it's gonna be, it's still a forever love after, yeah, over a decade from seeing it. A decade. God, it, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're talking about this series, it feels like it was not that long ago when you first saw it and, and uh, yeah, there is a ship in this that I ship so hard as well. It'll be very obvious if you go and, you know, type in the Annie list pre-tier. You'll probably see it. But, uh, you just gotta watch it. I mean, you can easily binge this in an evening. No problem. No problemo. I, I butchered that word, didn't I? <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah. Go go watch pre tier. Go watch some old mag old magical girl, and uh, yeah, I know you can tell me on social media. Not that you know, I don't. No one really ever has yet. But it'd be nice if you know somebody you know DM me or said on Twitter, "Hey, I watched this show that you talked about," and you know, I'd like to hear people's thoughts. It'd be cool. So you know, you anyone who listens to this, you are more than welcome to do that. You know on my blog, on my Twitter, my that I the social handles I leave. So yeah, I'm I'm always always even now still keen to hear people's thoughts. Especially about these older shows. Really they are older. You know, when I watched them, they weren't considered that old, really. because uh, this was back in yeah, two thousand and six. And I'd say, yeah, call it old now. But it still stands the test of time. So as I said before, you can watch uh, Prin Princess Tutu as a good filler for this show. And I definitely would say, like, you know, Sailor Moon, obviously. Um, there's a few that could fill your void, probably, after pre-tier. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me ramble as usual and you enjoyed this episode. Uh, as you uh, And I don't ever... Don't ever end up saying my socials at the end of this. But yeah, you can follow me on my blog at leaderkinoanimecorner.wordpress.com and please, you know, let me know if you have seen any of the shows that I have talked about on this podcast so far. What were your thoughts? Did you enjoy it? I would do, would love to know. Uh, best ways probably on Twitter. You can find me at Kino Reviews with a capital K. And yeah, I guess until next time. For uh, whatever for whatever series I talk about, because I actually have already figured out what is the next series going to be talking about, and it's going to be another old one. I am actually currently watching it at the moment. I am about halfway through, and uh, yeah, I kind of started it randomly because I'm watching at least more than twelve to fifteen shows at the moment, and I really got into it unexpectedly, and yeah, I just decided. Oh, I think I'll talk about this maybe later in the month of June. So you can look forward to that. So I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.